1: Oh you mean the crisp efficiency of getting a full screen view without a, a, a troublesome button? Yep. I know what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I was able to find it and get here first. So okay. what, you know, say whatever you like.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm sure that'll be part of tonight's discussion. We are indeed on both Mac and Windows, and so what what is easy, medium, hard about each of those platforms? Which you know actually I mean? is
0: completely so, different than it was like twenty years ago.
1: And that's true too. With everything I mean, we're kind of already getting into it. It doesn't matter so much what platform you're on. It matters you're on a browser. You know what I mean? Browsers have made everything agnostic. So many apps are now multi-platform, and there's very, very few differences. The things that I occasionally run into are, wow, I have exactly this font in Word on both Mac and Windows, but it prints differently slightly (laughs) because somewhere deep inside the, the, you know, postscript file, the metrics are slightly different, and it changes the letting. It changes the... Spacing whatever might be going on. And I'm almost like, I don't know how to resolve it. Do I just like pick a different font that really is perfectly compatible? I, what program <laughs> I don't are you, fight it.
0: <laughs> what program are you using? Is that Word?
1: Um, yes, Word is one of the ones that I've seen have slightly different prints based so the, on whether you're Mac, so or, Mac the, or Windows. Exactly, yeah.
0: Because yeah. some of the, the better ones, which I thought Word did, is it will, you can use it without even having the right font and it would keep whatever font you tell it, but...
1: uh, Right, that it actually bundles that. And also what I've noticed is that even if you're in Word, depending on what printer you're going to, it's aware of what loaded standard font sets, an HP versus an Epson versus a Brother has, and it does some different font. You know, uh, whatever it does to rasterize everything to get to the final print, (laughs) it does slightly different things. Never criminally. like. The thing that's happened in word that are criminal or where you're working with an outline and you try to change something and all of a sudden everything kind of like gets slurped into another world you know what i mean it, it totally changes the format more Is that an I official mac it. term it slurped into another world <laughs> exactly okay <laughs> right. we ready to start oh I mean, I, are we ready Let's see I mean, where's
2: our... i guess it's
1: not quite oh yeah there's
2: yeah i was gonna say it just
1: well, I, i've always been of the opinion that we shouldn't make 17 people wait for the three people that couldn't find the join button like i couldn't <laughs> so all <laughs> <Well, that's> right <true. laughs> so, uh, hey everyone so, welcome to our this session meeting me... is
3: being recorded
1: here we go so let <laughs> me uh being on me to continue um Thank you so much for coming. Let me introduce my partner in our Relentless Geekery podcast, Stephen Schneider. Hey, everybody. Um, yep. How you we've doing? been we've been doing this for just more than a year now. Ooh. We started about a year ago. With um, every week, we um, we talk about all things geeky. We made a huge uh, <laughs> outline, a big list of all the things we wanted to get to, and as you might imagine, we've gotten to some of that. But every week, <laughs> there seems to be new topics coming along, so it's. It's technology, it's movies and television and books and comic books and magazines. It's, Music. Uh, I guess, it'll, a big kind of a Venn diagram crossover with Mensa because so many of the things that we care about and are passionate about, we find that many Mensans are as well. And um, it's a delight to like share something that we like with someone that hasn't heard of it before. You know, one of the joys of Mensa is turning people on to you've not seen this series? Oh, it's really good and things like that. So. Um, what we were asked to do tonight, I think, was about home offices because we, as you might imagine from this last year of COVID and isolation thereby, we uh, have, we both have home offices, but we really kind of kept getting better and better about how do we make it so that we don't have any dropouts during our podcast. We get good video, good sound, good, seeming good resolution and stuff like that. So uh, um, Stephen, what, what's, yes. what would be your opening statement about... Um, the joy of your home office.
0: Oh, geez, the joy! Absolutely everything. I think uh, the the best part of having the home office and working from home is decorating. I mean, look behind me. I've got Star Wars. I've got <laughs> Raiders. I've got Def Leppard. I mean, you know, it, the before a little cubicle that I worked in before. Uh, you know, we couldn't really decorate. We had to keep it looking nice. And now all you got to do is drop a green screen and you can have any background you want sure. to cover up the pictures. So...
1: <laughs> yes. And in fact, I, instead of showing off my... I have a home office in my attic, Skynet, you know, where I do have similar things on the walls, big, bright walls and stuff. But I, I went with my Star Wars backdrop trying to, I don't know, just class it up a little bit, you know. <laughs> so it. one thing I've discovered is that the world of technology makes it really easy for you to have a ton of power and a ton of like everything you might have had in the big office before I've been able to duplicate at home I've got you know the the computer with a good network connection that it really can get me anywhere that I need to go and um, I have multiple monitors so that I regularly have multiple screens open for I'm working on this but I gotta keep track of my appointments or my web browser or my investments or whatever else it might be. Playlist, um, yeah, my, my playlist. In fact, that's another thing. One of the joys of working from home is I almost always have music on, it really does help me concentrate and get through my day and, and find a joy. And so, instead of having to keep it like headphones only and maybe muted in the background when I had my office at Progressive Insurance or whatever, this way I can. And, and Colleen and I, she also works from a home office and she does retirement planning. Well, I can crank my Emerson Lincoln and Palmer, and she doesn't have to worry about explaining to a client why the great gates of Kiev are coming down the stairs or something like that. So okay. and, the,
0: and the best thing for me, and where I live, uh, Cleveland's like an hour away. So the corporate job I had before I started working from home was an hour and ten minute drive one way. So that was like two and a half hours every day of going out to the car, driving through traffic in all weather when it was dark. And uh, yeah, I listened to some audio books, uh, you know, and other things, but two and a half hours every day was wasted. Was and, just
1: true, you, exactly. Yeah,
0: so even if I worked nine hours at my job, but from home, I'm still getting yes. more time to myself. Absolutely. And
1: you know, that's yeah. that's important. Yeah. One of the reasons that I was determined to make my home office like, be able to handle everything was exactly that when I and I worked with various different clients on consulting assignments I wanted to make like I am both though I am um, on my Mac mini as my main box I run parallels emulation so I can do everything with Windows and multiple versions of Windows so when I have to test something that might have to run in different browsers and and different versions of Windows and different browsers I really can create those emulated environments and uh, not have to have an array of machines <laughs> that i'm doing that right. with so uh it, it that's that has absolutely improved you I know mean, over the course of these last 25 maybe. years I mean, i remember using pc anywhere and various different things to be able to get into their site from elsewise and nowadays it it's really easy to uh attach to everything and look like whatever you need to in order to be compatible with whatever environment you've set up especially development environments and stuff like that or you know, the joy of this video casting is right. incredible. You know, boy, I've been doing video casting for a long time and it used to be just so choppy and so you had to go to a specific room in the building that was designed exactly for that and All all of our, you know, we've learned how to do like the hand thing in order to be acknowledged.
0: Hardware that used to cost hundreds of dollars. Now you get a mic for 50 bucks, a little video camera for 50 bucks, and your regular internet. You know, I mean, the the ease has just, not just because of COVID. I mean, it's really come a long way. And you were talking earlier about it doesn't really matter, Mac or Windows. And it really doesn't because most things are browser-based, it seems. And even then... Just, just about every bit of software is shared. And I have everything I... that, that, There's the first tip. Uh, if you go work from home, put everything in the cloud. Save all your stuff into the cloud because... You can get to
1: it anywhere you need anywhere to. Anywhere exactly. you need
0: to. Because if, like, you know, we were talking about the power going out. There would have been many times I have to get work done, the power goes out. So I, I used to have to drive to McDonald's with my laptop and sit there ordering so I could keep working. But I could because all my stuff was in the cloud. I could just grab it and keep going. And that exactly. that's important for working from home nowadays is that flexibility. You, know, you don't have to worry about the thumb drives and all that.
1: In fact, it's kind of funny, many of the um, hard fought skills that I learned over the last 20 years about how to make sure you had every single adapter that you might need in order to tie into their video or their sound system or that you can't necessarily count on, their net connection so i have my phone can be a hotspot and all that kind of stuff and some of those things are still very useful you know like i regularly present at uh uh, various like I, i speak at kent state university i speak at local libraries on comic books on mad magazine on things like this and you try to coordinate beforehand exactly what kind of environment you're going to have so you can just tie right in but sometimes whatever you were told isn't the truth and you need to be able to have that, that elegant fallback you know what I mean you can't just say well now I can't do it you have to say well I can do it but the video is going to be a little choppier or I'm gonna whatever it I still have my laptop bag that I carry around with me my virtual office if you will is my whole bag of tricks it really does have every single video you're from HDMI to VGA to M-O-U-S-E it's got every uh, how to you know go from USB c three to all of that just so you can put your thumb drive in if you have to you can you can attach to the net and get your cloud-based presentation going and stuff like that it's um I haven't had a a total disaster presentation where you know I forgot to sacrifice the goat to the demo gods and now they won't let me run. I haven't had that in a long, long time because we got so good at being defensive and, and, and even then.
0: You know, like you, I would always have a presentation on my laptop, I'd have it on a thumb drive, and I'd have it burnt to a DVD. You know, Redundancy. Yeah, exactly. To redundancy make sure. to make sure.
1: That's right.
0: But lately, it's just, well, as long as I can get on Wi-Fi, I can download it because I have it in the cloud. I mean, yeah. cloud services have just been a
1: godsend over the last decade. Exactly. And fast enough, you know, it used to be that if you had to do a big download, you would like set it to go a half hour before the presentation because <laughs> otherwise you might not have it. So one of the things that I've, and it, the joy of working in technology is that it keeps getting better and better and for cheaper and cheaper, but there's the overhead of being aware of what's currently available. And you're always trying to find the uh, the balance between, I want to look all snazzy and current, but I don't want it to have it be that they couldn't use it similarly because I'm kind of showing off or something like that. So as everything has switched to smartphones, I've done presentations off of just my phone, but then that's another adapter to have to worry about, whether it's your lightning or USB 3 or something like that. And the, um, hmm, trying to make it that, I don't want to, like, for instance, I'm an older guy, I'm 60s, and I don't live off of my phone. I still really, my preferred environment is my multi-monitor setup and a real keyboard for typing and stuff like that. And so I don't want it to look as if, oh, no, I run my entire life off my phone. I do my DJing from here. I do my presenting from here. You know what I mean? I kind of don't want to fake it. I try to have it that they can see. I can do all these things, but here's my preferred. (laughs) But let me jump on that even too, because
0: uh, more and more things are uh, across the board and you can run things right off your phone. You can Bluetooth right into it or like do a Chromecast and connect to a projector or even a TV, you know, just being on the same network or even just being within 50 feet. Um, And one of the things I've been looking at talking about uh, is for parents, and teaching your kids now to get them ready for the workforce because these kids are growing up with phones. They're used to phones. So just because we're old, we have biases against that. But honestly, these kids are going to be able to run whole businesses right from their phone and do nothing else.
1: Mike Mike Rowe, sorry, yes. Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs has actually said the, the way that he untethered himself from having to go into a studio and be in front of a camera was he just has a little stand for his smartphone and sets it up and he broadcasts from Bangkok, you know, it's not one the, of uh, the places in the United States that he did his things from, now it's everywhere in the world and that the quality of signal, the quality of equipment is so much like i don't know technology is indistinguishable from magic if it's significantly advanced and that's what he's got now is his portable studio if you will things that used to cost a hundred thousand dollars then ten thousand dollars now he's got a thousand dollar you know smartphone and he's good to go so it's heartening to see people really really cut the cord really say I'm i'm going to use this no matter where i go uh i'm committing to it and then The tales of what you had to do to do that are themselves worthwhile because some people are thinking about doing that as well they kind of want to find out oh wow uh, it was you had to get to kuala lumpur before you couldn't get you know uh, uh, the adapter to to charge your phone because they have a different electrical standard it wasn't really signal it wasn't wi-fi it was anyway
3: (laughs) the recording has stopped
1: oh hey our recording
0: stopped
3: Oh. And I'm in real estate and I'm like 50 something years old so yeah I could be like I deal with baby boomers and they don't want to count on the phone they don't even have email addresses of any account it's really ridiculous right yeah. but anything else I'm trying to say is that, that this meeting is know. being recorded it, it's forcing me to have to be my business. I don't I, I don't And all it is. So, um I was with a prior agency before and they were like supposed to be old school when we call. Like nobody has a call.
1: What they're finding out is that there really are efficiencies to be gained, and sometimes it isn't just a matter of preference. It's that they set a new standard, especially if you've got like so. I I I am investor nowadays. You know what I mean? I've really taken our 401k plans and have been determined to get a little more cushion in our in our retirement, and I've done okay. But what you do when learning about those companies, for instance, Zillow and Redfin, both the reason that they're now very powerful real estate alternatives is because they use disruptive tech to get rid of. All the old stuff you might remember from Remax and, um, and, and listing services and all the restrictions they used to have. And, and in order to get their uh, sales staff and their support staff to embrace that new standard to be disruptive, they're demanding of all their people, we don't want you to look at all like Remax with a big book. And, and even if you're very personal, personable. Even if you've been out on the road and you're really good at selling a house, what we want you to do is use our tools, because that's part of our brand, is to have the 3D walkthrough that not you walking them through the house, we're going to capture this and post it on the web, and people can kind of do it in their own time instead of having to make an appointment. So, and boy, that's everything, isn't it? I mean, medical technology and entertainment technology and real estate, they're all being impacted by… Yeah. Yeah. So you know,
0: (laughs) and that's one of the things uh, I've been involved with uh, is uh, wanting to do more talks with parents uh, to get their kids right because I don't think parents, even in their thirties, forties, know what's coming in the future, and kids are being exposed to it. Um, and it's all going to change. A lot of what we're talking about now is going to be totally irrelevant 10 to 20 years from now, uh, being able to connect, being able to use the software. Because, again, everybody's starting to do it, so these problems are That's just right. going to get solved. Uh, right. you know, It's just where it is right now, state of the industry. Um,
1: but I think the kids,
3: The recording has stopped. Oh, there goes the
1: recording again. <laughs> I think what happens is whenever we don't have anybody from the committee on the call – And here's Jerry again. That they kind of take the recording with them when they (laughs) they come. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) Um,
0: well, we'll do what we'll we'll do what we can. It'll
1: be a little bit fragmented. Yeah, that's pretty typical.
0: Uh, Okay. But what's happening is. Uh, things are changing a lot because this of meeting COVID, is being recorded. Uh, but they were changing anyway, and I think the kids are see- going to be seeing it, but the parents and adults and us old people, we're not going to be totally getting it. And the, i well, I
3: tell you what they're seeing. What they're seeing videos. They're not looking at the data. They're not looking at the site. They're watching Instagram, YouTube, and, well, they're off- and they're getting experiential advice instead of right. Like, the
1: Right. But so, um, go ahead. No. One of the reasons that I still resist that to a certain extent, and this is, you know, we're all mentioned, so we get to have this men conversation. When I watch a video, I have to kind of watch it in real time. I have to watch it with whatever the person who put together the video did for pacing. If I read, I read much smarter, uh, more quickly than your average bear. And so it, I, you know, I, I like the fact that I can get kind of an advantage over how much information I can take in, and the the ability to pop, move among multiple sources instead of uh, only being watching one video at a time. Maybe people really do watch the wall of monitors like yeah. *Ozymandias* and *The Watchmen*. You know what I mean? And let's see. Uh, I'm seeing that my I'm going to leave the breakout room in yeah. 3 seconds. Yeah. So apparently, we have some power. Uh oh. Uh-oh.
3: This meeting is being recorded.
1: <laughs> okay, are, are we so back? <laughs> are we back in the main room or the breakout room? Um Okay, I'm now on a break, I'm <laughs> coming back in. All right, I guess we're kind of an early session so we're being the guinea pig for this, so- but Oh, boy, Jerry, this isn't good. (laughs) One of the
0: problems with working from home and working with people across the country is (laughs) all the different weather.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There we go.
0: Well, let let me give you an example, uh, because my other podcast where I interview authors, I interviewed this lady that lives in Florida. She's a single mom. She has um, she's uh, mid 30s or so, but she does comedy and stand up comedy, but she also writes books and she's been producing her own movies and videos uh, for a YouTube channel based on those books. And she does uh, art and sells them online and, tra- and does it all through her phone. So, this is where the future of home work, you know, working from home and the, the this workforce in general is being recorded, this is where it's going.
1: Uh, you know, we're, we're just. <laughs> Oh no! Yep. This is central. To well, yeah, you, you said some very cool pithy oh, things there, Stephen, and I think we're not going to catch it all. Yeah, that's you know, okay. We're yeah, we'll we will have a session for the twenty of us, and we will not worry about this necessarily being preserved for the website. Yeah. So okay, twenty four of us. <laughs> so, but but so,
0: Alan, let, let's ask that. Uh, we've talked about it. What are the big uh, pieces of software because obviously working from home involves software you know before if you had a phone you might have been able to be a sales guy and work from home but nowadays you can do almost anything for, from your main job at home the computers are as powerful you can hook into the network and all that so what are some of the the software that you use
1: to get your work done get your jobs done so, we mentioned browsers. So, first of all, I have like pretty much every browser. I think I use Safari from Mac the most because it integrates the best with all of everything else I do on my Mac. Um, That's
0: funny because uh, the, some of the work I do, Safari is the hardest to get working with some of the apps I, I've
1: done. It's, and, and it's kind of what I've discovered is because i actually do so much coding as we move from amongst those css and html 4 and 5 and so forth the reason that apple is sometimes persnickety is because it really adheres to standards well instead of having their own extensions their own particular uh code libraries or maybe let's say a foundation class and an api sorry to geek it up for a moment and that when you start using something besides it if you stay within either chrome or firefox or edge or opera or any number of other browsers, you can get things to work really well in their environment, but they, they will have the same, I guess, uh, not incompatibilities, but just strengths and weaknesses based on uh, I, when I, uh, let's see, in Safari, for instance, one of, my, one of the things I've noticed is I often buy tickets for concerts and Ticketmaster for whatever reason uses a particular thing that doesn't adhere to HTML five standards. So I'll get like two thirds of the way through I've selected tickets. The recording has stopped and I go to try to buy them and then I can't bring up the pop up that's going to let me buy the tickets. And I'm right. watching my clock tick down saying, oh, you know those good tickets you got because you signed in early and you really want to go to see, you know, they might be giants. You're about to lose those because now you have to go into Chrome or Firefox that is compatible. And I've, from pain, I've learned enough times to not even start in Safari. I always go to somewhere else. But it's, uh, so that, that I, I try to stay in a place where I've got... Uh, the reason I like Safari also is that it has a number of extensions that I make use of, like Honey for shopping, or um, a whole bunch of stuff to keep crap out of my experience. You know, I make sure that I have an ad blocker in place, and uh, you know, it, it checks for malware and things like that. Um, I, so, so I I have that kind of thing where I, I my time is my most valuable resource, and I really hate it. So there's there's a, <laughs> a home there's a
0: home working tip right there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, a, a Chrome is bad for this don't put so many extensions on that it takes over your screen takes over your browser because if you look at memory management chrome yeah. uses so much memory and oh, the more yeah. more plugins you put on the slower it gets and you can turn those off you can keep them installed but turn them off until you need it and turn it on so there's
1: there's a tip from my yeah. uh, I've done exactly that dance where when I first found you could do it, I threw everything in there. I could use this, this, and this, and this. And then when you saw yourself grinding to a halt or stuttering because things were in conflict with each other, I have done a little bit of of cleaning out and stuff like that. Um, I regularly use the Microsoft Office Suite. I know that there are um, freeware alternatives, you know what I mean, where you really can get almost all the functionality. And in fact, I use Microsoft more often than I use the Apple Suite of Keynote and so forth. But if you're looking for, like, I don't know, the lingua franca of, of the office world, it really is Microsoft Office for Word, Excel, PowerPoint, um, Outlook, whatever they might be. I can always save documents kind of in a downwards direction where there'll be less of everything that Microsoft had but still compatible. And that's especially, like, I don't know, I was low-seq in Glubinary Mensa and we regularly had people that had various different machines and versions of things. And I was always the one that had to say, okay, I'm gonna save it as a doc X for you instead of a, a doc, instead of a docx because you can't handle the most current version sometimes you know mensons are stubborn they will get their money's worth out of technology but they're like six versions behind the current one right and it's like well, well you know I don't, if, don't make me I, yeah, save it in abacus format at least give I, me... <laughs> I i work every day
2: with legacy stuff a lot right. of legacy stuff yes and i mostly work in the linux world and one of the things we found is backwards compatible with microsoft is definitely limited True. And so, I mean, when you want stuff that's 20 years old and some of the stuff I'm using is 54 years old, um, right. you really want to stick to some sort of very universal standard and asking taxes about
1: one of the <laughs> see, best things. That's unfortunately, that's also incredibly limited. You know, once you go fall back to ASCII or EBCDIC for that matter, you really are just talking, there's no formatting embedded, there's no fonts embedded, there's no um, PDF type things where you can make a document be a document instead of just, and not even like proportional fonts. You're talking about having monospaced fonts. So, as much as I see the need for certain environments to have that, to have the lowest common denominator standard. Boy, the lowest common denominator standard is like going back to including printer control codes in a Lotus 1-2-3 right. Well, document. that's just you know what I mean. It's just terrible. What yeah, you but give we up. still use a lot of text. We use a little bit of everything. We're still running Turbo Pascal. Sure. I love that environment, but I loved it thirty years ago. <laughs> I
2: mean, we're still running. So, we were running until very recently, until the end of last year. We we're still using DOS thing okay. so i mean you have to consider in the future that you want to keep old stuff even if it's an old format like ASCII text that's a lot better than nothing i agree you
1: know what i mean i i i don't know that i can think of anything offhand i know for instance also in the world of music there really are multiple compression schemes multiple formats and i i always keep whatever i can in the Um, most rich format that I can, that I still have enough room to hold everything because I really don't like to have anything MP3 sound choppy or something like that, so I'll hold it in a lossless format. Well, that's also then, you're going to be dependent on what things did those encoders and decoders. And sorry, we might be geeking up a little bit too much. It is an overall standard to say you really need to think about, if you're going to have archive quality versus just what you're using nowadays, what might be the most universal standard to save it in so that it doesn't become trapped in an old format or an old like I don't know people still have sciquest cartridges right they still have various different old offline storage that when that when we moved away from SCSI devices or uh, other standards you know like uh, to, that now that everything is USB it means you can't get to do other things so it's it's uh I have uh, that that kind of what would you call it the uh graveyard of various different things that I don't use anymore and yet I know I have data that's probably trapped on there. My oldest email, my first collection of music, whatever else it might be. Sometimes I've done the work to find a way to attach the old drive, bring it all forward. Sometimes I just said, you know, I kind of want to resave it in a newer, better format anyway so I'll go through my CD collection again and then a year later I've done that because <laughs> I have a lot of CDs. <laughs> but um, Let's see. Stephen, what kind of of, uh, apps or environment have you found useful for your home office?
0: Well, uh, I'm glad somebody brought up Linux, because I think the public domain, Linux, and all that world has been great. And uh, like I know for the business I mainly have been working in, um, it's Word. I mean, they use Word, they use Excel, they use PowerPoint. That's a thing. But... I can use OpenOffice and open every single one of those documents and read them. And it's a great lifesaver to know what other documents are available uh, because quite often you'll get clients uh, in India or uh, Brazil or something that they're government or their their company doesn't have the latest stuff doesn't have updated this or they're not paying for words so you got to be able to tell them here's how you can read this and open this and um pdfs are another thing uh being able to open and read and have a different apps that
1: can do that right so And and it would still be editable though because pdfs are often frozen unless you have the but be acrobat. Not yeah. the distiller, but the, okay. Yeah. yeah, well,
0: there's, you know, yes, for the most part, but we'll leave it at that for another discussion. <laughs> right, right. Now, now, one of the things uh, for working from home that I don't, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to work from home. That'd be so great. I wouldn't have to drive to work. I'm not have to deal with the office. And then what happens is they start sleeping in. They take long lunches. They end up putting their feet up watching a couple episodes of this. Well, I, I can work later. <laughs> That's the danger of working from home is you got to be a little disciplined. you got to be able to sit down and get the work done. The good thing is there are times when uh, something needed done and I've stayed up. I've been up till 3 in the morning. I've worked weekends. Uh, But I can also take off enough time to take the kids to the doctor
1: when needed. Even that out, exactly.
0: But we were talking about that a little bit, Alan. Uh, That's the freedom, but you have to have the responsibility to be able to handle it because it it can definitely fool some people. They're like, oh, that'd be great. And then they, not picking on them or anything, uh, my son Jason has been homeschooling this year, which is something he's never done before. And he's having a really tough time with it. He's just not cut out to be able to sit there and do the homeschooling. And it's the same with adults. Uh, A lot of times they really need that office environment uh, to work from. Uh, So I think in the future, we're going to get, some hybrid something where more people are going to be working from home, but there's going to be some mixed thing of office and home or something like that too. I think that's going to change. Yeah. It,
1: it, like, as I mentioned, Colleen and I are both at home because of COVID, but uh, she actually has been working from home for a while because Uh, She, their company is based out of Indianapolis and the satellite office that they had here, they uh, dispersed it when the salesman that was based out of here was no longer going to be here. And that was the main reason for having that was, um, you know, professional appearance sales presentations, whatever else it might be. So I have always loved working uh, as much as you said, according to my own schedule. I, a lot of what I do is um, focusing and that it isn't always that I focus from eight to five, that sometimes I want to stay up late when I'm getting no more interruptions or I want to get up first thing in the morning because an idea comes to me and I got to see if I can make this work out in code. Um, Colleen really doesn't like working from home as much because she is an amazingly responsible person and as long as she's got Pretty much anything on her to-do list. She often talks about, "Well, I just want to get this off my conscience." Well, you can't do that if it means you're going to work until eight and nine and ten every night. You can't let that work life take over your life. So, you know, part of part of the discipline is not only being able to. Um, apply yourself when necessary but also being able to step away and give yourself a life besides I'm always on call people always can reach me and and if your commute is two steps down the stairs you know into into the family room right just that that's been much more her problem is being super responsible whereas I do a little bit of life compartmentalization I guess you know that it's I, I determine when I work and when I don't so.
0: But at least you get better <laughs> coffee working from home. So I'll give it that. <laughs>
1: and that's true. <laughs> and <laughs> one, of the, good pizza. <laughs> one of
0: the things I found, and I had to learn this the hard way because yeah. I used to do that. I would work through the evenings. I'd work uh, weekends. I'd work way more hours trying to get, you know, because then it's not a matter of, oh, I'm here for eight hours. I'm getting paid. If I get my work done or not, I'll be back tomorrow. It turns into, well, every hour I work, I'm getting paid for that hour. <laughs> if I work 10 hours, I make more. If I work 12, it, 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 it's like, oh, I got these things to do. What I actually had to start doing, and I used Todoist as the app for scheduling. Okay. Todoist and my calendar, uh, Outlook, Google Calendar, they all do the same. Right. But I actually would schedule in times to sit down and go play some music or to go play a board game with the kids. And it sounds stupid, it's like you're scheduling in this free time, yeah. but if it was on my schedule, I would go do it and be much more relaxed in doing
1: it. There you go, because you've already allocated the time, right? And you don't have to feel guilty, exactly. Right, so.
0: plus then, okay. I don't have open space, so if I'm working on a project, I'm not like, eh, I've got all day to do this, I can take it easy, and next thing I know, it's midnight and I'm still not done. But if I know I've only got four hours before I've got time, I got set aside to go spend with the kids. I've got to sit there and work and get that done in those four hours. So it sounds stupid, but it works
1: for me. uh, Let's talk about this a little bit because I'm not, some people, they have an on-call type job where they're continually answering the phones or covering something. And then their life is based on interruptions and and kind of clearing the docket, if you will. My life has been much more based on the ability to drop into flow. You know, the great book by Mihaly uh, Csikszentmihalyi about the of the flow where you feel like you're you're the master of your environment, you lose track of time, you're hyper productive while you're in that state, and I, I very zealously pursue that and guard it when I get there, so part of my home environment is to make sure that I have some isolation. It's just me and my music, I don't have doorbells ringing or I don't answer my phone, I don't have anything things that would kind of like startle me because the act of reloading what you were working on, thinking if you're coding, it takes like 20 minutes to get back into all of what you were thinking about. Okay, I want this to happen, and the database is going to access it this way. And then I have to be, you know what I mean? There's a there's overhead. I actually, when I've been in that environment as a consultant at an office site, I would often choose kind of the place that nobody else wanted because it was away from the the crowd away from the socializing so you're not as popular you don't get in on all the cool office conversation <laughs> well, yeah because i was always concept... way popular <laughs> well, <laughs> well if you're if you're witty if you're funny and pleasant you can get regularly invited to lunch and stuff like that and i always went to lunch but there's a I've, I've, there's a caves and commons way of doing it right that you want to be able to go into your cave and actually like put up a sign that says you know don't interrupt me unless it's really life important because i really have to concentrate but then when you come out and you do the water cooler thing and you're going back and forth to the bathroom or the cafeteria or whatever else it might be that's when people know that you're up for i don't know uh, random conversations and and the, the chance being in the hallway that you still have to have in order to um kind of be stay abreast of everything that's going on in the company and what the various different teams are doing so i've tried to duplicate that at home i don't comment always gets to me interrupt me I, I never mind an interruption from her but she's also not um like it's she's gentle about it as opposed to a phone ringing is interrupted you know what i mean or something like that yeah. so that's it that's kind of funny i i i don't think i isolate myself necessarily and if If you were to look i regularly make little steps away to go let's put something on facebook let's change the music whatever else it might be but those are according to my schedule and my choice instead of somebody having summoned me i love my smartphone i always hated being on a pager because i hated being summoned you know that's just my ego but my work style as well is that i'm i'm not on call i you if you pay me like you were saying about being a consultant you pay me for every hour that I work, but you don't pay me for 24 hours a day. Right. And so I don't want to be on your payroll. Well, <laughs>
0: that's, and that's another thing. A lot of people so. right now work for a company, but they're working for that company from home. That's right. different than working for yourself from home and finding clients. Uh, I mean, yeah. that, that takes on a whole different aspect because then you do have to look at your time and what you're charging and getting the job done. I know Uh, You're probably the same way. When I would do projects uh, for web, working with designers, doing database stuff, I would almost always quote it on a project basis rather than a time basis, because if I said it's 10 hours, but then it took 15, then I'm either charging them more or I'm losing hours. But if I knew it was going to take between 10 and 15, I'd give them a quote for the 15 hours and then, you know, go on the project basis. Right. So that's another skill to learn
1: and learn how not... to estimate. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, 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 interesting. In contrast to, hey, uh, I want to go into flow. I want to immerse myself and let, kind of lose track of time. What I'm also aware of is that uh, medical science will tell you nowadays that like sitting at your desk constantly is pretty much like being a smoker it really like hardens your arteries and it makes your your muscles lose you know tensile strength and stuff like that so luckily i have you know another device the apple watch that i wear regularly has interruptions that say you might want to stand up every hour you the little guy that deep breath exactly <laughs> and again it's, it's one of those things that just has a little gentle you know beep boop that lets you know but i i regularly take that hint to say okay every hour let's do I need to go to the washroom? Sure, let's go do that. Do I need to freshen my drink, get some more ice for my diet Dr. Pepper, of which I am a hideous addict? Yes, I will. <laughs> go uh, let, back two go to... <laughs> episodes and watch our podcast. You can see the bin of empty Dr.
0: Pepper bottles. Staff, it's on the podcast. Yeah,
1: as it topples over onto me. No, that's you know, let's go check the mail. I like all those little things that I want to get done during the day, instead of them being interruptive, it's more like, okay, every hour stretch your legs. Colleen and I have learned this. We we love road trips. But well, what you do on a road trip is you don't get in the car and drive to Florida. Every two hours you stop. And get a tank and a drink. You know what I mean? You relieve yourself, you walk around a little bit, you get maybe fresh in your drink. You just kinda like, oh there's a world outside our car, and it makes it so your hips don't lock up. <laughs> and that, you know what I mean? Is especially as you get um a little bit older, you you have to be aware of your body isn't as rugby tough and resilient as it was. I'm not 25 now. And so I all those little things about um, I don't know, just just the little interruptions change your focal length. Don't stare at your screen, which is a yard away. you got to get up and walk around a little bit and interact with people a little bit. And so all of this is, there isn't one way to do it. It's everything to moderation and find a right. mix that works for you. Right. So. And, <laughs> and because I do
0: work from home now, I don't wear glasses all the time anymore because I had the Lasix when I had cool. cataracts. But I do got my glasses focal length uh, just right for where my monitors are because I do have glasses for computer use only. Uh, I can't read real well with them. Um, But what you said about the getting up and walking, that's the other great thing about working for yourself, because I can start my day early, work for a couple hours and stop for breakfast, chat with the kids, take the dog for a nice walk, and then come back, work for a couple more hours. And uh, mentally that is so much better than sitting in that cubicle going, Oh my gosh, when's my next break? And, and uh, probably like you and probably like a couple others on here. There are so many times when just getting out for a little walk or doing something different will trigger the answer I've been trying to figure out and solve the problem in the back of my head. Absolutely. So, you know,
1: boy, I remember again, you know, everybody is the product of all the little bits and pieces they picked up over the course of their life. I remember reading earlier a quote from Isaac Asimov, you know, a medicine member. Ooh, let's go there. And he used to talk about, you know, when you're having problems with a book that you're writing, he didn't sit there and stare at the, the, uh, the typewriter until <laughs> blood came out of his forehead. He went to the movies. And your mind is so mighty, it will play with it in the background while you're distracting yourself with something else. And nine times out of ten, while he was walking, while he was seeing the other movie, the Eureka moment would occur, and he would be like, "Now I know how to yep, get my way yep. out of this situation." I just this is what my characters want to do next, yeah. and so I kind of do that too. Is that I give myself that chance for happy accidents, that chance for unfocused time. You know, you you and I were, we were just talking about this a little while back, Stephen. That people have what's called the ghost on the staircase. They're in a conversation, and then at later after the party, they think, of, "Oh, what I should have said was right." This. Well. I'm an odd duck in terms of it doesn't occur to me two hours later. It occurs to me like 20 seconds later. Somebody in my head, little file clerks, are going through stuff and they'll pull out something that I couldn't think of. Um, I don't know, what's the name of the planet that the Silver Surfer is from? I knew I had to have that for a culture quest a couple of years ago. And and like, when we move on in conversation. And then suddenly I'll say, oh, that's Zen law. And of course, people will give you the look like, are you okay (laughs) what what are you talking about oh well we were talking about this a moment ago it just took a while for my guys to find it for me (laughs) that that's funny you say that about the writing (laughs) because uh, you
0: know we've talked a little bit i've been doing some writing you wouldn't believe how many storylines and how many plot things i've resolved while driving and it's really scary i will totally my mind goes totally into another world i go driving I literally have missed exits and ended up in the wrong city because I was thinking of something, but I used to do it with database stuff. I'd be stuck on this database design and connection and getting it on the web and the right functionality. And I'm like, okay. And if I had to go get something at the store, I'd go for a drive, leave the radio off and my
1: brain would take over. Right. And next thing I it's know nice. I have it solved. That's very cool. That, that The unconscious mind does amazing things sometimes more creative and make different kinds of connections than if we're just trying to like force ourselves to, to think of it you know what I mean which
0: is something so, you can't yes. do working in the corporate world and mm-hmm. I mean it, it's yeah. hard to quantize how important that is to be able to walk away from your desk and yeah. say I solved the problem uh, while I was out feeding the horses <laughs>
1: you know right. if anything you, you kind of need to show the work you want them to think it was hard not oh yeah I just come with desk happens for me all the time <laughs> right so, right A little switch in direction, but one of the things I wanted to say that I have absolutely learned is um, buying equipment and setting yourself up to have your right environment is absolutely investing in yourself, and it's worth it. You know, people will be uh, a little, um, I don't know, I have two monitors, and they're high quality, because what do I stare at 8-10 hours a day? I don't want to get eye strain. I don't want to get it where I get the raster that starts to, you know wiggle after a while <laughs> um my keyboard is like adjustable so that i can try to avoid ever getting a uh, repetitive strain injury i have a high quality mouse i have high quality speakers everything that i've done i went shopping for not just i went to costco and bought it but i like got a copy of um maximum pc and read all about here's the best hard drive and here's the best uh, dvd burner and all those things and i i uh I tend to do things kind of consumer report style. I don't know that I get the best because there's always a premium associated with that. But if you get something that's like third down on the list, you're gonna get 90% of the capability for 50% of the money. And that's what I've surrounded myself with. You know, So my my monitors are good, My uh, all my hard drives that I get, I make sure that I'm getting one that it's not, especially hard drives, you can't ever afford to lose data. You know what I mean? You Backups. really can't have, yes, you gotta have a good backup drive. You have to have good drives going, even if you have the ability to recover, it's going to take a day out of your schedule, and there's many times that I can't afford that day, so I really try to be judicious about where I put my money so that I am always the one that it's focused on. Am I comfortable doing this? Is my eyesight uh, retained through this? Am I retaining the data that matters to me? It isn't about, oh, they match. They're all the nice blue color. You know what I mean? There's like, you have to kind of get away from the, the, storeman, the, store, the salesman at um, Best Buy or something is trying to sell you something, I tend to piece things together because most components now are very interoperable. There's hardly ever a time that you have to get like a matched set from Best Buy. Uh, and I'm, I've hardly ever been unhappy with, did I spend too much money on a monitor? No, the fact that I never get strains because I did the shopping and my LG and my Samsung were, for each of them that I bought at the time, like the best thing you could get for reasonable amounts of money. Rock solid. And
0: that's one of the changes too over the last 20, 25 years. Uh, If you have a Mac, you don't have to buy just the one Mac mouse and the one Mac monitor.
1: You can make,
0: you have choices. And that's a good
1: thing. And it really is, like you said, it's not, that might've been, when the Mac first came out, primarily like 80 to 95, shall we say, that might have been the case that it was a, a lesser set of software and so like that. But since then, i've I've never suffered from for choice. You right. know what I mean, I've always been able to either get things that were multiple Mac things or just find out, you know when you have a hard drive and it uses you know the standard connection, you might have to reformat it for the Mac when you start off. But after that, it's wonderfully compatible. And in fact, the Mac always has been really good about well, how do they used to say it? Um, fit in but stand out or something like that, that they support, you know, FAT, the file access table that that DOS and and, uh, Windows systems use while, so you could always do things on your Mac and then just take it and attach it to a Windows system. And it might be that the actual files were compatible or not compatible based on it, but not the whole, you couldn't even read a drive. Right. You know, so they, they, um, that's a very good thing that has also changed when you keep things in the cloud or when you keep things, Uh, everything is interoperable. so. Um, So, just that the sweeping statement of it's absolutely worth buying quality stuff. And I would say (laughs) uh,
0: for if, if you're going to work from home, obviously you've got to be able to use the computer and be comfortable with the computer, whichever system you choose, whether it's Mac, Apple, uh, or Mac or windows, or even Linux, or, you know, your Android phone, there's, there's another tip, learn the system, go through the settings, play with the settings, Click on things. Uh, there, there was a study. I like to say there's a study that I read um, <laughs> that they found that the people who have the least problems with their computers are the people that are not afraid to click buttons and mess with it because <laughs> you learn how to use it. You know, open up Word, open up a document, start clicking buttons and see what they do. Because then when you do have a problem, you have an idea of where it is and how to fix it or all the capabilities that are possible. And especially in Windows, they've been trying to dumb it down even more. Uh, and I, I hate the settings nowadays. but. If you go in there, you can find all sorts of things on what you can change with your themes and your displays. And everybody's always talking about, oh, you know, my computer's so old, I, I got a new one. I'm like, well, how old is it? Well, it's four years old. The computer I am using right now, running this Zoom, and I've got Chrome open, I've got my uh, Outlook open, it is 11 years old. <laughs> and all wow. I've upgraded is the uh, hard drive because the hard drive died at some point so it's been the same videos same cpu same motherboard same monitors i have gotten new mice and mouse and keyboards when they wore out uh, and stuff um so because i go through my settings i can optimize it i know what's running i know what programs are running Go in to shut things off so they don't load at the startup. Uh, so many times mm-hmm. when I used to do service calls, I'd look at somebody and they'd have like five hundred things running uh, all the time, stuff they don't use. Not knowing it, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, go into Chrome, see where the extensions are, how to turn them off, how to edit the settings on the extensions. Uh, you know, I might have fifty extensions installed, but only five of them are active. I, I go turn the other ones on if I need them. So my system yeah. runs. And we've talked about this before, Al. I'm on the verge of getting a new system. But I'm always like, I could probably get another year out of this. Yeah, I just
1: go with a better SSD, you know, it's... um Another thing that I would say is that there really are advances in technology that really are game changers. Yeah. And so if you're still running on an older hard drive and you haven't had an SSD yet, it really is 100 times faster. The the zippiness of which your files will open and your ability to save things and so forth. I hate to have the computer that I'm waiting on the computer. I want to always be that the computer is my tool. And so everything that I can do for speed, it makes for a more seamless experience. And I really appreciate that. Um, I have like gigabyte Ethernet to my home. I think that not everybody might have that, depends on where you are, what part of the country, what city and so forth, but once you had a zippy fast net connection, it spoils you. Like, (laughs) you know, I I go to the vault, I've been cataloging my comic books, I go to the vault where I have my laptop and I have my hotspot and it only gets whatever I can get like, um, let's see, uh, fifth generation, you know, 5G. Well it really is that you miss what you have when you don't have it and so i i my printer has to turn things out with a certain amount of speed because i just can't go back to ever waiting on a print and we have mesh wi-fi for the house and again getting it to where colleen and i can both have all of our devices working whatever we need to do and have it be that it's you're never waiting on the wi-fi it always looks as if you have you know my round robin and whatever they're doing and they've made it they continue to advance technology so that it doesn't take me being, you know, alpha geek to figure out exactly how to set your parameters so that it all works. It used to be that you had to go in and know how to run a bridge off of your existing router and all that kind of stuff. Now, when you buy a set of, um, you know, a mesh set for Wi-Fi, you pretty much give it a name put in the password, put them around your house. It does all of the coordination around your house for eliminate dead zones, make sure that the, um, the two bands that it makes use of are being used um, appropriately so that your throughput is maximized. And I, I love that. I love the fact that uh, they've taken um, geeks that used to have to do this individually around they put all that smarts into this device and now it's self-configured so it's kind of like having virtual steven virtual Alan that that set your house up so that it works really well and so again you know the the um it's not inexpensive i know you can get you know wi-fi or uh, sorry you know signal to your house for like 49.95 and i pay more than that but again my most valuable thing is my time and so for being able to get both great download and great upload speeds and be able to have that, um, bandwidth split between me and Colleen and never worry about that one or the other is slowing each other down. It's just that, that overhead, I guess is worth it to me to just, uh, commit and then get used to it, get used to right. how wonderful it is to always have the computer, um, your servant, not your ever waiting on the computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here, here's yeah. a,
0: here's a windows tip for users. Um, for a little more speed, a little more use, you can change the cache file for your Windows to be on a different drive than on your C drive. And I actually have a totally separate, smaller SSD that I have my cache file on, and then I have my C drive. And while all my software is installed, it's on the C drive, but I have my libraries and my documents on a totally separate drive. So if my C drive blows up right now, all I got to do is get another drive, reinstall windows and everything is still there except for reinstalling software. Um, I have have tried to install software. So it installs to another drive. and It just causes too many problems. So that I haven't been able to get around, but again, almost everything I have, uh, I have my keys for, and I could just re download it, reinstall it and I'm good
1: to go. So uh, that's my little setup tip. That's a great one. I mean, one of the things, you know, uh, remember Stephen Covey had a book, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, like, now, 30 years ago or something like that. But one of the things it talked about was that sharpen the saw, number seven, I think. That it, it isn't only that you have what you're working on and how important it is and being able to prioritize and so forth. It's also just dedicate some time to getting better at the tools you're making use of and um, examining your environment to see if there's anything you might want to change about it. So that kind of thing being able to configure hey when an ssd became a solid state drive for those who don't know um that is that much faster than a hard drive wow all the overhead of computer doing its caching doing its um you know a manipulation of big files and stuff like that if i have a little bit of awareness of how that works, I can make sure that things that I care about being the zippy fastest go onto the SSD, and more archive storage goes elsewhere. Uh, you know, they had fusion drives actually that did that, they acted as if the SSD was a big cache, and it, it amazingly sped up that it actually it does a little bit of monitoring in the background for seeing what do you use the most often, and it gradually starts to keep those things on the SSD instead of the spindled hard drive, if you will. and You'll see. Wow, this really is opening all the time yeah. very quickly now, whereas it used to be. It has to learn a little bit about your behaviors, and it doesn't have quite the um, isolation that you talked of, Stephen, where uh, the disaster recovery of if I really you know lost this drive, I could be up and working again, but. I, I don't know, I have, I do striping on my hard drives where I have it actually stored on multiple drives. And so that's my way of doing it is a hard drive nowadays, like eight terabytes costs 120 bucks. Right. And a hundred dollars <laughs> is not no money. It's a hundred dollars. But eight terabytes is like, wow, that, that's an ocean of data, depending yeah. on what kinds of things you're doing. Rich media, like music and photos and so forth, eats it up quickly. But I have, it's been a long time since I overcame my ability to quickly add storage, to take care of my acquisitive nature, and that by doing the right thing about how I configure it, I make it so that it's kind of like it can't crash to where I'm going to lose data. It's always going to be relatively quickly recoverable, and doing cloud backups, you know, one of the cool things again about Mac is they have iCloud, and it doesn't just do Your documents and your data it actually is very smart about how for your contacts for your calendar for all kinds of things it makes it so that it's out in the cloud and it automatically configures between your various different things kind of like Google does and um, uh, you know sorry especially for calendar and things like that so I must admit I'm, I'm, I'm a Mac not a purist but I have enough things because it's so handy my watch talks to my phone talks to my desktop and I'm always aware of where am I going and what's the address and who do I see when I get to the office and what's the timing of that and if I'm using it for mapping software, it'll actually like give me turn-by-turn directions. Not only I have a GPS that actually does that dedicatedly, but if I use my phone, it'll You know what I mean? It all coordinates and you get really spoiled by, wow, you know, it's, they're talking to each other and it doesn't seem in an intrusive big brother way. It seems in a (laughs) very helpful way, you know? So that's why I don't mind doing it.
0: (laughs) So Alan, when, when,
1: when your
0: uh, phone and watch tell you that they will not open your garage door, I will tell you it's time (laughs) to then go get, (laughs) Um, I I was going to say, um, Another little tip, if you're looking for a system, and we've talked about this before too, don't focus so much on getting the newest, greatest CPU. Go for the SSD, go for more memory. That speeds up your system way more. Absolutely. And, and on your, um, your Android or your Apple phone or whatever you use there, uh, use the contacts through either uh, iCloud or Microsoft Office or Google, but use the contacts there. I know a lot of people put all the phone numbers on their phone, and the minute they get a new phone, they have to get all of those again. Start over again. Yeah, that's well, right. all yeah. I do is hook up Google and hook up Outlook, and I get all my contacts sucked down again. So that's exactly. another quick tip. <laughs> yeah,
1: the in fact, uh, you know, payment systems matter. Like. So far as I'm aware, everything that I have with my phone, not so much my watch, but my phone and my laptop, I have everything I need to do at Amazon or various different sites where I don't have to ever pull out a physical uh, credit card anymore. It like it looks at my retinas. No, I'm just teasing it. Like it does it where it says, hey, you know, actually, this is a big topic, I guess. Amongst all this uh the ease of use always comes with the need for security. So you don't want to make it that you put all things out there and then just open the kimono and everybody can see it. I've got a lot of things now set up where I have um, set, you know, second party, third party authorization. I'm trying to think, you know, what, uh, the where if I'm doing something, I have to be able to show by um, pressing a certain thing on my watch or touching a certain thing on my phone, that it is indeed me who requested this transaction because I physically have that. And I guess if they not only broke into my house but stole all my devices, they could simulate being me, but they'd have to know my password. It's just a way of that additional layer is enough to have all this convenience while uh, retaining that you're still the one in control and that there's a, a level of security that you're not the biggest fool. You're not the one waiting to be fleeced. A lot of crime is opportunistic as opposed to dedicated, and if they're looking around to see whose machine can I get on, how can I lift their passwords, and then what could I do with it? I've had a number of times, sadly, over the last 20 years where I suddenly saw false charges coming to my, my debit card. Well, it immediately alerted me. I was able to prove that it was indeed not me because this didn't happen, and like the resolution of getting those charges removed and they pursuing the bad guys is very, very quick because I have put in that layer of uh, immediate notification and denial that they couldn't buy a Winnebago. They tried to charge a pair of shoes and immediately it was caught, that kind of thing. So it, that's a little bit still black magic-y, but there's great solutions. And I, and I mentioned as an investor, boy, I'm so happy that there's places out there like Okta and, uh, and you know um, that are trying to do things with they're aware of the net they're aware of all the various different actors and what their patterns are about how they do things and they're helping to prevent cybercrime from even occurring as opposed to just make right those people who have been harmed by it right
0: so we should do a whole episode of the podcast on security i don't think we right. we touched on it but there's a yeah. lot nowadays with security
1: yeah. The reason it's especially worth mentioning it now as part of the home office thing is, you know, when I worked at Progressive, we had a whole dedicated staff that made sure people were not penetrating our SQL server servers until somebody foolishly took their laptop home, got themselves the, the a worm, and brought it back in. And we had a whole weekend of terrible recovery from how how virulent (laughs) that that infection was, where, you know, you kind of take on being your own tech support. Often, you know, Colleen gets tech support from her company, but oftentimes for just the day-to-day, it's like, oh, that's because, you know, you lost your connection with your printer and we have to reboot this. We have to make sure the password is current and you take on a certain amount of being aware of your configuration, your environment, so that you aren't, um, you you don't have all that backup staff that's going to keep you secure. You know they're not checking every email you need to make sure your email provider has really good spam filters and that you don't get overwhelmed because you're just open to the world so it, it's right. that's of the part you take on of being a home office okay so uh, I, I'll uh, if you got
0: anything else um, let's let's hit that but maybe see if we have any questions from the
1: gallery In fact. Uh, no, I I, I have a really No, we refuse yeah, gonna, to do yeah, that. <laughs> no, no. What I was gonna say is, it's I I hope that we've offered some good information. This is a little bit. We tried to run through some cool things. Does anybody have anything they'd like to offer for their experiences or any particular questions about what we've said? Thank you again, everybody, for showing up. It's you know Friday night. This is fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Home office. Friday. There
0: we go. Right before the long weekend. Yeah, that's,
1: nobody wants to, start that's to think about working from home. Well, the reason we wanted to do it at eight o'clock is yeah. like, let's get it done and then have the weekend in front of
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's that's another thing I was going to point out about the great thing about working from home is, especially for me because I did, I worked with various designers and I would do uh, contract work with them differently. So it would be on a project basis. So I was never beholden to one main company for the longest time. But that also gave me time to do some of my own side things. So uh, if I wanted to, like I said, play music, but also I started writing. Uh, So that's now starting to become a a part of my business and money earning thing. Uh, I've also been working on some games. So if I need a break from a database, I pull up my software and I can work on some cards or rules for the game. Um, And and you do investing. Uh, There's just... Multiple things, streams that you can do uh, from home to earn money. Fiverr, I've that's got a gig right. up on, on Fiverr. Depending on your frame
1: of mind and stuff like yes. that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that's another another benefit of working from home if you're disciplined enough to be able to follow through with this stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I will throw this out because I, I mentioned kind of earlier. Uh, so it's important to worry about ergonomics. You know, if you really are going to be sitting at a certain desk for a length of time, you want to make sure that you've read something about ergonomics, you know, feet flat on the floor, you know, things at a right angle where your elbows are, you don't want to be overreaching, you don't want to be slouching, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, for the first time in my life, actually had some, what I thought was RSI pain in my right forearm. It's like, oh no, am I really getting, you know, carpal tunnel or anything? It turns out that I actually, um I'm having my, my brachial plexus uh, is tight and my neck and they are radiating outwards to cause me pain down here but that's not where the nerve or the muscle difficulty is. It's because I don't have perfect posture even though I try to maintain it and because as you get older you just kind of like lose some lubricants. You lose some, you know what I mean? Even though I regularly stretch myself a little bit so it is, if you're going to be anywhere near working long term you want to look into ergonomics and make sure that your your monitor is where your eyes are going to go to it naturally a little bit below your line of sight and that your keyboard and your mouse are you have it put it in a tray if it's important to keep it at a certain level. There's you know go to ergonomics. <laughs> would we'll Google that up and it will tell you a whole bunch of if you do these things you will you will forestall all kinds of unnecessary
4: pain and limitation over the course of time. So yeah. Okay. Oh, Alan. So Alan. Yes. You mentioned that you use uh, Mac Minis. uh, Have you considered upgrading the Mac Mini to the new Apple M1 processor? You know what, I did. As of December, I have an (laughs) M1. I was,
1: I, I regularly go to the Worldwide Developer Conference this last year and this year will be virtual, but they touted it. They talked all about the improvements to memory handling, neural engine, all kinds of great technology, and getting off of the Intel standard for all the right reasons, Intel is very powerful, but Apple was doing different things. So, I don't usually buy um, bleeding edge technology because I kind of want everybody else to be the ones that have the crashes and have (laughs) those difficulties, but it was just such a persuasive case for, uh, boy, one minute, the Mac mini is wonderful. It has all the power in a box the size of like a cigar box. You get to retain all of your peripherals, your monitors, your keyboard, mouse, your CD drive, all your hard drives, and just hook them back up to this new guy, but you've replaced the brains of the operation, if you will. So there were some growing pains. I had some regular crashes when I first got it, but it really is faster, better, stronger in every way that my old Mac was, and now I have that one as a server. I keep. Um, I, I kind of kept it as a, you know, I wanted to be able to fall back to it. I've never done that, I never had to, but it's it's, it's still, I had my old Mac Mini tricked out with like tons of memory, a nice uh, two SSDs, that kind of thing. So I've repurposed it, um, because I also wanted to get into that mindset of, it's not only me as a user, if I was to run a server, what, what would be the mindset that I go into to make sure that Colleen and I can both get to our email, that, that anyway, anyway. Um, I kind of wanted to have that ability to learn those other things. Having said that, the M2 is about to come out. The Worldwide Developer Conference for Mac this year is like uh, seven to oh, eleven, June seven cool. to eleven, and you know the M1 Plus, the M2 is coming out, and I'm pretty sure it, it's it's not um, boy, it's like so cheap for what you get. A base model is like nine ninety nine. And again, a thousand dollars is nothing to sneeze at. But for something that I do eight to ten hours a day to be able to get thirty percent, fifty percent greater productivity, my valuable time for a thousand bucks. And then if I add some memory and hard drive like Steven talked about, maybe it's thirteen hundred or fifteen hundred, it's absolutely worth it to me. And so I save my shekels knowing that I'm going to want to get this for Christmas. <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon as it's available. It's probably going to be November, December for the Christmas buying season. And I hardly ever have replaced a computer so quickly. I usually get three, five, seven years out of a computer because I, I get it set up just like I like it. And, it's, and I buy it powerful from the start so it doesn't deteriorate over the course of time. But, boy, that whole uh sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic it's getting more and more magical as they do cooler and cooler things with artificial intelligence with uh, uh graphics handling like it's just it's just amazing it's just amazing what they can do in something that's like eight inches by eight inches by two inches tall it's it's not i grew up Going school at said. university of illinois where they had the computers like buried under the cornfields with all the air conditioning running you know the old I- iliac and eniac <laughs> were just these airplane hangars full of computer and nowadays, as you know, you have more power in your smartphone than you had in the Apollo wow, mission yeah. that made it to the moon. So, you, you know, Alan, you keep saying
0: M2, and I keep thinking you're talking about BMW because that's one of the. Oh, is
1: li- is that, <laughs> Yeah, M2. I am not a BMW guy. I had no idea that I was yeah. like, cross pollinating there. That's funny.
0: Okay. But But a Mac in a BMW would be cool, though.
1: An M2 in an M2 would be cool. You know the fact that, and we haven't talked about this. You know, uh, Max uh, Apple continues to like work its way into other parts of your life. So the Apple TV box competes with Roku and various other DVRs, and CarPlay competes with any number of dedicated systems in other cars. Again, it's very very cool to be able to get into your car and have it be like you talk to the car saying, "Hey, call Colleen," and it asks you at home or at work. And then it, you know what I mean? Their car is now a computer, a rolling computer. I can't open the garage door now. <laughs> well, you know, we, I'm worried about that, that as we become more and more dependent on this, that we're going to get like the white event. We're going to have a huge, you know, electro burst and everything's going to go down. There's been a number of science fiction series about that, right? Where suddenly we are without our technology. And yet, while i got it i'm gonna push it so if we if
0: we create our robots to be that smart wouldn't they like put shielding in place for themselves
1: yeah, yeah you know it's uh i think
2: Bear, barry's yeah.
1: got a question there we go yeah. barry
2: uh this conversation reminds me uh, when i was just a little kid i was homesick one day and my mother brought me a bunch of comic books and sure. one of them's was- one she bought i wish i had saved it was the very very first edition of mad and there was an article in that very very first edition of mad it takes place about the year 3000 or so what happens when the machine that fixes all the machines breaks breaks (laughs) and that's kind of where we're going now
1: actually i think that it's just the opposite of that I think that there's so much technology out there now and that the future is here 2100 is already here it's just not evenly distributed. I think that the desire for all the world to get these amazing things of communication of commerce of medicine that that the United States and the first world if you will is just like maybe we're the precursor we're the tip of the iceberg but there's all this wonderful push to acquire and perfect so like I don't know. I've seen a number of documentaries about in the middle of the um, uh, Brazilian. What do they, they call? Not barrio. Uh, you know the areas where it's just like people. Took a lot, on... I think. Favela, thank you very much, Barry. Uh, I, I, all I had to do was ask Menson, and people will give me the answer. Thank you so much. I'll send much. you my
2: bill later.
1: There we go. Exactly. exactly. You know, they have this thing that just looks like people living on top of each other, as if in squalor, but they all have Wi-Fi. They all have cell phones. They have Mercado Libra that they don't even have to have banks anymore. Everybody has the ability to do commerce just by having that cell phone and so all the scandinavian countries why did they take the lead in development of cell phone technology well because they lived in rocky places that you couldn't bury copper in the ground anywhere near as easily as we did all around the united states and so i think you're going to see that there's going to be amazing hop frogging and, and adoption of technology and that i i think we're not going to get to where we're ever going to let it break we're going to become pretty addicted and pretty defensive about not letting that and pretty ingenious about making it so that this can work anywhere it can work with a little solar panel in the middle of the african desert it can work off you know what i mean we're going to get new power yeah. sources and new i i am unfailingly optimistic about i don't think technology is going to weaken us i think that it's going to enable I all think kinds you're right. of wonderful things I, so i
2: remember i think we're <laughs> most of us anyway are old enough to remember dick tracy's Two-way
1: wrist Two-way radio. Two-way wrist radio, exactly. I got that
2: now with my Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. I can make phone calls on it. You're exactly right. And exactly.
0: what you were saying, Alan, about the technology in other countries, uh, there are countries that are like totally leapfrogging us, that are totally bypassing desktop computers and laptops. Uh, everybody's getting tablets and phones and watches, and they are literally running businesses and their lives off of these technologies, and they're getting ahead of us uh, in these certain mobile technologies and things like that. So exactly. it's something to watch over the next couple of
1: years. Especially, you know, I try to be a child in terms of having that childlike curiosity and playfulness when you see that children really are given phones tablets they're fearless about what they'll try they immediately discover things that the developers never anticipated they would (laughs) and you put that all around the world you're going to see like the vast population centers china india nigeria uh the the malaysia um you're going to see people kids growing up with technology, from like the moment they they totter out of their crib, they're going to be doing just amazing things with interconnectivity. And I don't know i I'm really looking forward to what the world transforms and, into when it isn't um, technocrats. And, and that's going to be things. my my it's argument. Be a thousand points of
0: light. Yeah. Kids <laughs> being born now in 25 years, someone will say, "Hey, come work for me for." minimum wage or even double minimum wage and the kids are gonna be like why i've been making money from my phone for 10 years (laughs) and i can do it from my bed why do i have to come into your office work (laughs) that's like a scenario we're
1: going to see i think so i think and they're you know they keep doing studies to see because there's all kinds of um over optimism in my case or over pessimism in other cases like is it affecting our attention span is it affecting our ability to interact wait what were you talking about sorry I (laughs) (laughs) i was just checking my phone real quick you know it's it's i think that there's something to that that we're getting more bursty in our information and in our speaking patterns and that the ability to really concentrate i think that maybe um some people will still retain that ability, but others, the ones that are more easily distractible, it'll worsen that. And so we're going have to have to a little bit of, um, I don't know, some comeuppances with we didn't realize how social media was, oh, it's going to be everybody being able to connect and share information. Hey, the Internet is great. And then you find out it's all a fantastic propaganda engine as well. You know what I mean? That there's there's always going to be the good and the bad and that we get to decide as a society, it, are we going to let that all happen? Are we going to...
0: Does that mean... We're, we're the ugly, you
1: know, it, <laughs> and in fact, that the ability to like make a reference, will everybody try to get it? Are they going to retain things in memory? Or are they just going to say, why would I have to know that? I can look it up in three seconds. Already, there's a weirdness about if you're a, I don't know, I retain everything. I'm a weird trivia head. And yet, I don't know that that's being acknowledged as worthwhile. I think it still matters that, that you have information at your fingertips in your head, as opposed to at your fingertips in your hand, you know, the way you make this far afield from the home office discussion, I guess, but some part of, like, the more you immerse yourself in multiple disciplines, the more you find consilience, the, the ability to see how things are interconnected, and home offices might isolate you, but social media saves you from that. And depending on what kinds of things you put into your life, it's really important to have not silo ourselves and over-specialize. Heinlein has a great thing about, you know, specialization is for insects, it's not for human beings. One of the things you have to worry about when you isolate yourself is that you don't um, get happy there that you should still surprise yourself, <laughs> that you should still interact with people that make you a little bit uncomfortable because there's growth on the edges of that. A lot of psychology will tell you that's how you grow is those feeling that feeling of discomfort, not that feeling of, I know everything about this situation and I'm the master of, you know what I mean? You, you get complacent, I guess, or something. I'm sure there are psychologists that can tell you the reality of what I just said, that I just you know burbled out in 30 <laughs> seconds, something that's much deeper and yet, something that we all have to worry about. People who are raising kids in this next generation, and what kids are they going to raise, and how are we dealing with, I just, I am almost technical support for my parents, and they're not scared, but they sure aren't as immediately happy, familiar with technology as I am, or as our succeeding generations are. And so there's all kinds of, uh, I guess, thought that's being put into what's the right combination of power and ease of use So that anybody can make use of it, but you also have an expert mode that the real deep people can do amazing things with it. I I like that attitude of it's extensible, it's got depth to it, that it doesn't stop you from using it. But if you go exploring, you'll find the depth. That really has been a longstanding attitude that Apple has had with how it builds its products. They're elegant, they're surprise you in a pleasant way not an unpleasant way (laughs) oh well yeah so i'm sorry as steve and i are really good at getting at talking other comments or questions or other things from our wonderful audience thank you again so much everybody for joining us hands oops there's lots of other cool stuff going on this weekend if you look at the schedule too so thank you john and jerry for bringing us along
2: Uh, i was just gonna ask you well the thing with computers though is they're not model t's people are not going to are not able to just take them apart and put them back together they have to have the discrete parts and the discrete parts can't be handmade they have to be manufactured
1: um so that's um, that's true to a certain extent but not entirely by that meaning Um, There's, like when when Steven and I talk about, you can upgrade a hard drive in your system relatively easily just by making sure that you have the right pin connector and the right rails that it goes in. And it might be you don't take your hard drive apart anymore and, you know, make sure that it's vacuum sealed correctly and so forth. But the various different, they've componentized the things that they knew they had to future-proof, they had to future-accommodate is a better way of putting it, so that you can add memory, you can add a hard drive, you can add a new keyboard. It might be that when you get to the point of you want to change your entire motherboard and all of what it's capable of then that's exactly right you can't really go taking chips off and having to reseal it with thermal paste correctly it isn't tinkerable like a model t might be but i think that there is some accommodation for like the make movement that really want to build the fastest computer they possibly can out of not all parts from one manufacturer, but being able to mix amongst things as long as there's interoperability standards. But but that's even changing, though, because, like I said,
0: more people are getting used to phones and tablets where you're not changing out anything. Desktops are a dying breed. You're exactly right. Right. Thank you.
2: You can't build an M2 chip in your garage. No, I agree.
1: You know, it, because magic takes work. Magic takes money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh,
4: that, That's, I guess... Yeah. Uh, this is not yeah. new, though, this issue, because in 1975, when I was operating a Borog 6700 mainframe, that machine was huge and was all built with TTL uh, integrated circuits, which is a bunch of transistors creating logic gates inside. Right. Uh, and at the time, you couldn't... Uh, Build that uh, that chip, but you could build something similar if you use discrete transistors, and you would have something that was like ten times the size and fifty times the power. But uh, today, with uh, the the M one chip on the on the the new Max and now also now on the iPad Pro, it has sixteen billion transistors in that thing. Right. So it's, it's not. There is no points. way that's the cutting edge of computer science today and that's a five nanometer processor and the smc that will make the iphone 13 processor and the M two. that's a three nanometer processor and ibm is already uh prototyping two nanometers so there is no way you can do that in your garage or build something you i, you I think modules no large modules like uh, lego stuff but you cannot get into the the, the thing that uh, has 16 billion transitions. I important. think actually I there's a few
0: more than 16 billion. I counted them last weekend uh, and <laughs> oh, I got right, a little right. more than that.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I'd suggest you get a bigger garage. <laughs> Alan, I'm
0: going to have to get off because uh, I got to okay. take kids to work. So got it. good okay. night, everyone. Have a really great uh, let's, weekend. Let's,
1: exactly. Let, let's, let's call the session again. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Lone Star thank you again Stephen, for uh my 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 partner in in mirth and merriment and uh hope everybody had a good time and you got something out of this and i hope you have a wonderful time with the rg for the weekend yes enjoy okay? thank you bye
0: everybody
1: have a good weekend
0: okay. thank you you have been listening to the relentless geekery podcast come back next week and join alan and steven's conversation on geek topics of the week